0: A current hot topic in government modernization right now includes streamlining the acquisition process. One office behind this effort is GSA's Office of Systems Management, responsible for delivering systems that best support the agency's federal acquisition service. Leading the office is Assistant Commissioner Judith Zawatsky, who has been at GSA for 12 years and brings to the agency a background in the private industry. She discusses the importance of customer experience, RPA, the federal marketplace strategy, and more toward modernizing federal government's buying and selling processes. Judith, thank you for joining us on GovCast today. Thank you so much for having
1: me. I'm really excited.
0: Considering your extensive history at GSA, which spans almost 20 years or 15 or so. How did you first come into public
1: service? I came into public service by accident. So I was born in D.C. and native of D.C. and raised here in the area in Maryland. And I never Considered a career in public service. It never even crossed my mind as I was growing up or beginning to think about what I was going to do. I did, however, start working for architectural and engineering firms. I came from a real estate background, got an opportunity to work on security measures after the Murrah building bombing. That really intrigued me about the importance of our federal workforce and the mission that they need to do, and uh, in that case, around the security measures and everything, just even the children that were in the buildings and things like that. And so that really turned me on to the federal world. And then I switched over, I had accountant background, and so I switched over and I started doing commercial acquisition, and I was one of those consultants. We have a lot of them here in D.C. uh, that do consulting around the commercial acquisition world. My world was really around the multiple award schedules program. And I was also a little bit of an ardent uh, commentator on the schedules program and what could be better. And so in about 2006, Jeff Kosas said to me, you know what? you have a lot of opinions around this program. He wasn't our senior procurement exec at the time, but he was certainly a leader at GSA. Why don't you join us and bring some of your thoughts? And, you know, kind of in a put up or shut up kind of way. So I jumped on it and I went to GSA as a term employee. I thought I'd be there for two years and I would return to my comfortable, cozy consulting world. And I fell in love with GSA. I just worked with some of the most talented people I had ever worked with who were so passionate about the mission, not just around the schedules program, but around the mission of all of the agencies and users. And then I really also identified with, you know, the thousands of vendors who are trying to go to market and help the government through the schedules program, because I had come from that world. And I found an opportunity to convert to a career position in the federal government. I've been with GSA ever since. What
0: is the major difference between the private and somewhere like GSA? What would you say was the, the major culture shock for you, I guess?
1: So the biggest culture shock is the enormous uh, set of stakeholders that really need to be brought to bear. In private sector, you can see a goal, pick a goal, and for the large part, go straight at it. In the public sector, you really the considerations of the costs the considerations of the optics the considerations of the press the oversight community whether or not that's the inspector general or whether or not that's the hill and then the consideration of just the wide body you know from private sector it's easy for me to say well change this clause and i just wasn't familiar you know, going back 15 years ago to the process of what it meant, even on an internal clause, what that meant. And in some cases, we do it a little bit to ourselves. But in the most cases, what I've learned is bringing in of all of the stakeholders and really getting the buy-in is the only way to really understand, is there going to be an impact that you don't understand from a single perspective? So yeah, government is slower, but I think on purpose and, and for good measure. And,
0: and that's Something people really don't think about, you know, they they see the outcome, but they don't really think about what goes on behind the scenes. So that makes sense. Why is IT modernization important to the agency and your office?
1: So IT modernization is pretty much my whole mission in life. So I had the pleasure of serving as our current commissioner's chief of staff, as Alan Thomas' chief of staff from the day he came on board to, to FAS. And it was great because he, while he had historical experience working with GSA, Um, He hadn't been at the agency for a lot of years, and I had been already, had gone from being an outsider to an insider over the decade, and so I got to see his perspective sort of as an outsider coming in, and he, in the first months, traveled to all of our regions and all of our acquisition centers, those in D.C., and then out across the country, and then even OCONUS. And he came back with a very strong perspective that the systems and the tools that we use, whether or not it's our acquisition workforce, or it's our industry partners, and certainly those that our agency partners use to from us and through us uh, don't rise to the level of the actual workforce. And so he came back with a very directed mission that said, we're going to modernize these systems. We're going to reduce burden. We're going to uh, cut out some of the nonsense people have to do to work around the systems. And so that has been sort of our guiding principle to be easy, efficient, and modern under his guidance. And so that's everything to me.
0: In the past five years, what has been would you say, the biggest shift at GSA?
1: So I saw this question in advance, and it's a really easy answer for me. Having come from private sector and first coming into GSA, I think that uh, the perspective, and and this is not just GSA, by the way, I think the historical perspective a decade ago and past was, uh, we're the government, we're going to tell you what to do, we're going to tell you how to do it, and if you want to participate in this federal world, you're going to do it. Whether or not that was how we wrote our policy or whether or not – I mean, yes, there's always the public comment, period. But still the perspective was, you know, we're the government. We're big. We'll tell you what we're going to do. Also from the systems. Also from the processes and i have seen uh, in the last 5 years an absolute fundamental shift to importance on customer experience we're really lucky at gsa to have anahita riley heading up our office of customer experience and it's it's yes the culture shift that she has embedded with us but also i would say across the board we now start to really design systems with the users in mind not just the process and and the policy in place. And I think it's become very pervasive in what we do, whether or not it's how a contracting officer answers the phone and how they treat an industry partner who's trying to do business with us to the systems that we give them to use.
0: Why do you think that has been kind of the shift toward more about the customer and the user experience?
1: What is there something maybe in public life that caused that? Yeah, I think I think that the private sector has driven that. I think that everybody, when they go to work, no matter what you do in life, whether or not you work for in public service or you work at the drugstore or you work at a coffee shop, you begin to expect in your work life and your professional life experiences that you have in your personal life. So whether or not those are the tools and the systems that we use, right? I have an app on my phone. It allows me to order coffee at multiple places before I get there to pay for it, to see what I purchased, look at the history, to call them up and say, or not even call them up, to text them and say, hey, I came through your drive-thru and I'm drinking something that I didn't order kind of thing. So that's my personal life. I have a high school student and he can check his grades online. minute. He knows exactly what he needs on his next quiz to get the grade that he wants overall. And as we experience that in our personal life, I think public sector tends to lag in a lot of ways, but does eventually catch up and understand. And, and so we expect that now in our professional lives, and that's no different in public service. I think there's been a broad focus across several administrations on citizen experience and making sure that the citizen gets in the needs that they have, whether or not they're looking for social security records, or they want to know whether or not the park a national park is open at a certain time, or whether or not they want to uh, file their taxes right across everything, a real bringing that change in citizen. And at GSA, while we do work with the citizen, we think also of sort of the corporate and the uh, government to government and just expanding that experience.
0: How is GSA using emerging technology
1: like big data across the agency and across government? So it's an interesting question. I think that in emerging technology, there are a lot of great buzzwords. And I think that in some areas, we're running sort of way ahead. And we're on bleeding edge. And in some areas, I'd say we're on the cutting edge. And in some areas, I'd say we're cautiously approaching the edge, as it were. We do have what is important for us if I would say, you know, in driving our mission is to find ways uh, to reduce burden, whether or not that's a taxpayer burden or an entity burden doing business. Certainly, also agencies that want to buy with us, the easier we can make it for them to be compliant and get what they need and and address mission, um, the better. And same, likewise for our workforce. And so we look at things like robotic process automation to be able to take out some of the sort of manual things that contracting officials and the workforce have needed to do. They're important. You know, you definitely need to check whether or not a company is suspended or debarred. The question is, how do we do that? Likewise, when we're just even every step, if you, you know, took the far and said, what does a contracting official need to do? Are there things that we can do? Can we use a ledger to help build upon things like financial determination? If you look at the life of a contracting officer, as policies and the world has become more complex and the access to data has become more pervasive, the things we ask them to do is just incredible. I could never be an expert the way that our contracting officials are experts, whether or not they're legal issues on mergers of companies or whether or not they're financial issues on past or past performance issues, all of the things. So where we can use things like a distributed ledger or uh, robotic processing automation to help them be able to take advantage of some of, for lack of a better term, AI, and bring their knowledge to bear, but sort of eliminate some of the procedural work, if that that makes sense. That's where we're focused.
0: We had a, a guest one time say that he doesn't like to refer to artificial intelligence as artificial, but as augmented. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think in terms of process, if you're thinking about process engineering, if I'm thinking in purely technology terms, okay, artificial intelligence, I got it. But since my world is about helping improve the process and the life of people using the systems that I manage – then it's definitely augmented intelligence. We demand that our contracting workforce, whether or not they're those at GSA or those at other agencies who are buying through GSA, you know, these are college educated. They take a lot of business classes. They're they're on the job because they have great business acumen. I'd rather that they employ that business acumen than be checking boxes. And so where we can help improve that I think then you also get, I mean, in the whole world of data analytics and acquisition strategy and things like that, you're then able to improve the quality because it's less manual work and more automated work.
0: What are you most proud of in terms of IT transformation efforts at GSA?
1: I think there's three things. So right now, the world of the integrated award environment uh, falls within my office, and I was there back in 2012 for several years, and it is a passion of mine, and I am incredibly proud of the world work that we're doing and the breadth of the work that we're doing and the ability to interface and communicate with hundreds of downstream systems across the entire government, whether or not, and the coordination, just the sheer coordination on how to implement policy in a way that allows the government to get information once and use it many, many times. And I think the next 12 to 18 months at IAE is going to be enormously exciting as the world begins to see a lot of the work that is in development right now or is in testing right now and it it comes out. So that I would... You know, that is a big thing for me. There's two other areas that I would focus on. One is certainly the centers of excellence through TTS FAS, through Technology Transformation Services under FAST. I think that that work in bringing expertise. To our partner agencies is really about a tipping point. It's not about doing the work for other agencies. It's not about coming in and consulting with other agencies. It's really helping our partners across government reach a tipping point to take technology to the next level and understand what they need to do it. And I really think that fundamentally, the payoff is gonna be enormous 10 years from now, 15 years from now, when we look back, we're gonna say, wow, that really made an incredible difference in how the government approaches technology modernization. And then I would be remiss not to include the multiple award schedules consolidation. Like I said earlier in our interview, you know i come from a world of mass that's where my heart has been for many many years private industry and public service and so the work that we've done in order culturally technology wise policy wise just the streams that had to come together to look at how to take the multiple award schedules to the next level i mean this is no small world this is billion in spend. This is every agency across the government. This is 16,000 industry partners. And so how we take all of that and create better consistency and improve processes and reduce the time that it takes for people to get the things and the services that they need to, to move forward is just, again, fundamental shift. So I'm incredibly proud of the work that's going on there.
0: How has GSA's collaboration with the digital service presented opportunities to streamline processes?
1: So I could speak from my from my personal world. Again, like, so I was in IAE in, from 2012, the integrated award environment from 2012, for a couple of years. And then I went off, I did some stuff, and now I'm back. And when I was there the first time, USDS came in to help us take a look at our processes, at our deployment of Design standards, user experience, persona development, and then even how we were running our agile teams, and you know it's a big world, so it's in a, it's kind of in an agile safe model, and and how we were running that. And USDS came in; they had some great feedback. Some you know was good to hear. It's always nice to get compliments, but then they also had some really good ideas on how we could improve our deployment of des- our deployment of design, as well as how we organized our teams and ran those teams. And so that was really excellent. And now they're back. We just met with them right before the holiday, before July 4th. And they're coming back for a really short little sprint, like a three or four week little short sprint, kind of like a dust off the old stuff. And give us, I would say, you know, kind of like a health check and, hey, you're doing this, you're not doing this or, you know, so I'm hoping out of that comes just some great ideas about what we're doing. I've asked them to look at how I can take some of that work and share it to other parts of the organization efficiently, you know, how to evangelize a little bit internally, also how to, um, if there are efficiencies that we can be looking at. So that's that's been a really good partnership.
0: And you mentioned briefly DevOps and Agile, you know, the SAFE framework. Can you talk a little bit about that in terms of GSA's posture and culture and how that's changing overall?
1: So we have a really strong partnership with the CIO's office, led by Dave Shive. And there, in the world of IAE, it's been really important for us in this Agile world to be able to do design development and deployment and being able to bake security into the process as opposed to latching it on at the end of the process you know this is a pretty big world touches the entire federal government all the federal spends all of federal contracting, this is not an area where you want to bolt security on at the end, also because it's, it's an expensive endeavor to run all of these things. So you want to make sure you're making really good use of the dollars. I think that embedding that process in has allowed us to speed up development and deployment. And we, and we grow in that. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like a ratchet kind of stair step. We try something, it works, it doesn't work, and we, and we build on that.
0: What are the most important priorities for you that lie ahead, being that you're a part of this office within the overall GSA, and the acquisition process in general, modernizing that? It's come a long way, I think. So what, what more is there to be done?
1: Oh, wow. So I feel like we're pretty darn busy. So a lot of priorities, I would say that it's easy to focus it under the Federal Marketplace Initiative, headed up out of FAS. And in that case, we do talk about very clearly about being easy, efficient, and modern. We've identified as a leadership team certain very specific things that we want to work on, contract writing. and, And we're beginning to look at contract writing, not as document management, but really as the entire acquisition life cycle from market research all the way to close out. That's going to be a really big priority for us going into the start of this new fiscal year. Catalog management. So a bazillion years ago, you know, we would submit when I was in private industry and you were negotiating schedule contract, you'd submit big boxes with big pieces of paper and thousands of thousands of lines of items. And you'd say, I want to add these products and I want to delete these products and I want to lowered the price on these products, right? And it was a very paper based product. Over, you know, a decade or two, GSA modernized those systems. They took those paper processes, they made them electronic. Uh, but it's still very much based on those forms and those processes that were paper. We now have moved to a digital world. And so my goal in coordination with my colleagues is to move our systems to that digital world. So it's no longer mirroring the paper process, but it's really about the data and how we consume information from our industry partners and how we validate that information and how we get that on contract to speed up acquisition cycle times.
0: And what areas do you see technology making the most impact in your office?
1: Oh that's that's like a fun question. That's like everything, right? You know, so because that's my world. It's really about you know, at the end of the day there are limited resources. And those limited resources are not just the dollars and cents in the piggy bank, but they're also the people, the people managing these processes, whether or not they work for me or whether or not they're my colleagues in the CIO's office, as well as all the users that we need to come and tell us what they need and to validate the stories that we're trying to tell through the systems and and test right, and make sure that we got it right and test. So it's about focusing on those things. I would say the focus is strongly, strongly, strongly on the consolidation of the schedules. It will take a lot of work in our systems to make sure that we do that right and that we get the benefit of the mission to consolidating the systems. If I still have very bifurcated system processes that don't mirror the mission of consolidation and ease of use, then I really haven't helped my colleagues uh, achieve what they were after. I'd say contract writing is another big one. And then, again, getting the full ecosystem of the integrated award environment pulled together so that the user experience, the login experience, the access to data and reporting is all consolidated on one. And then, you know, into the future, looking at that ecosystem to expand on the value that it provides.
0: With all these initiatives, it seems like the, the overall motivation for you, it really is public service, serving the public good. Do you ever see yourself moving out of government? I don't think I could ever come into government and leave having that sense of purpose.
1: Right. So that was the thing. I came to government I never expected to stay. I really thought I was going back out and I thought I was going to come to government I was going to learn the secrets of the government way and that was going to add so much value to quite frankly what I would charge people to consult with me and I really really fell in love with it. So, you know, I I don't know what the future holds. I, you know, my kids are growing. I've had the honor of serving in a lot of different roles at FAS. Uh, you know, overseeing a large part of the multiple award schedules, doing some policy work, doing some Lean Six Sigma process work, uh, now with the systems team. So right now, I just every time I think that like, okay, I've solved whatever problem someone asked me to solve or to at least to the best of my ability. And I've learned as much as I can learn out of it. I I get invited to become engaged with another part of the mission. And uh, right now that just is, so intriguing to me. I, I, you know, I can't say I love it every minute of the day, but I love it most minutes of the day. It sounds like it. Yeah.
0: Do you have any future trips coming up? I heard you just got back from Israel.
1: So that's the longest vacation I've taken in a lot of years. I was away for two weeks. So right now, I think that the trips are business trips for a while. And, um, and so I'll, I'll be here trying to get ready for and end this fiscal year and help everyone get ready for the start of the next fiscal year. So I'm going to be in D.C. hanging out in the heat for a while.
0: Thank you for joining us. This was such a great conversation. And I'm really looking forward to monitoring what goes on out of your office with the acquisition process um, and the technology behind it. Thank you. Really appreciate
1: you having me today.
0: GovCast is a production of Government CIO Media and Research. For more podcasts, head to governmentcio.com slash podcasts. GovCast is produced and hosted by Amy Kluber. It is edited by Resonate Recordings. Theme music provided by Big Hoax. If you're interested in sponsoring a podcast, contact us at Sponsor at governmentcio.com.